This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good Wednesday afternoon. How is Wednesday? <laughs> no, Ange, you have to work another day before it's Wednesday. Good Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are enjoying your day. Lots of sunshine out there. <laughs> Although I know there is that risk of thunderstorms again in our forecast. And hopefully I'll time it better because when I was biking home last night, I basically looked like a drowned rat. It came down so hard. And I had to make an appointment at a certain point, so I couldn't turn back. And anyway, crazy. Crazy story. Nothing like the story you were about to hear this half hour, though. And I, I want to spend some time. Uh, my, my next guest is going to set things up for us because I want to talk about adventures you may have been on. And maybe it was many years ago, maybe it's an adventure you're planning, but I I think it's so important that we add a bit of adventure to our life and what that means to different people. Lavelle St. Germain is, well, he's an adventure pro because he has done uh, countless journeys. Right now, though, it's crazy. I, I We've reached him as he is rowing, yes, rowing across the Atlantic Ocean. Lavelle St. Germain, how are you? Hi, Angela. I'm doing good. No thunderstorms out here, but it is gray, cloudy, and a little bit chilly. Oh, my God. I'm doing God. good. I feel terrible even complaining about my little bike ride home that is half an hour when you have been on the open waters in your rowing device, which we'll talk about in a bit. How long have you been rowing? Uh, today is day 41. I left uh, Halifax on uh, June 15th, about 10 to 6 a.m. Halifax time. And uh, I'm on uh, day 41 now. So I've gone about... Um, 3,500 kilometers, 3,300 maybe from Halifax, and I'm about uh, 1,200 kilometers to go to my uh, destination, which is uh, in Brittany in France, a city called Brest. So I'm uh, I'm slowly but surely getting there. My um, mission control in Calgary thinks I should be there in about uh, 10 days, so it's getting close. <laughs> in about 10 days. So by the time you reach there, you will have been rowing for over 50 days. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Um, it's not all rowing, though, because uh, quite a bit of uh, uh, strong west winds on this trip, Angela. So I've had quite a few days where I've been just uh, locked into the cockpit here trying to stay, um, well, trying to stay safe because of the big waves. I've had some uh, pretty big gales. Um, you know, some massive waves crashing over the boat, but um, it's a tough little boat. She stayed together, and uh, now we're sort of in the... I'm looking at the um, chart plotter now, which is like the GPS in your car. I'm 647 nautical miles away from destination, so uh, slowly but surely we're getting there. Thank goodness for that west wind. Hey, Lavelle? Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Lavelle actually is joining us via a satellite phone, which is incredible in itself because it's pretty good other than a slight delay to think that here he is in. Now, you're calling it True Blue. Tell me exactly what you are using in this journey. Okay, so um, it is a uh, 6.3 meter long um, ocean rowing boat. It's uh, 1.4 meters across, so it's very small. And um, I'm in the front of the boat in the bow in a cockpit. So it looks like actually the inside of a space capsule. 
I've got all my instrumentation in here. I sleep in here. I eat in here. Just enough room to lie, to lie down and uh, store a bunch of my food and fuel in here. But I've got other areas in the boat where I can store stuff. And then I open a waterproof hatch, which has got glass on it, Angela. And then right uh, behind me right now, actually, what I'm looking at right now, other than the waves and the gray North Atlantic, is where, I, where my rowing seat is and where I strap myself in, where I strap my feet in, and I row facing backwards. I've got a mirror that sticks up in the back of the boat so I can see where I'm going, although you don't really look at it when you're on the ocean. There's nothing to see. And uh, then the back of the boat has uh, a small stern area where I store some stuff, and I have solar panels all over the boat to uh, power it. It's all powered by um, by the sun, a human power to move, and um, electrical power from the sun. So it's 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 quite a special piece of kit. It's expensive, safe, and that's what I wanted. Why not? Why true blue? Why are you doing this, Lavelle? Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, I've I've lived, like you said in the introduction, Angela, I've lived a life of adventure. I've been very fortunate. I had parents who instilled that in me. um, I've uh, stayed fit my whole life, so it allows me to to run off and do these adventures. And, of course, I've got a fantastic support who backs me on all those trips, whether it's Mount Everest or whether it's uh, rowing across the North Atlantic. So adventure is part of my life. I love this type of thing, but... um, I wanted to do something different this time and to raise awareness for uh, cancer in Alberta, specifically the Alberta Cancer Foundation, the Tom Baker Center, and clinical trials. Um, um, I, I don't know about you, but I'm sure you have been uh, touched by cancer, either personally uh, through a family member or a friend or a colleague, and I have been as well, and um, I've lost my father to cancer. I've had friends who've been diagnosed with cancer. I've most recently had a 4-year-old friend diagnosed with cancer, and I decided that Instead of doing one of my um, extreme adventures and just coming home with something good to talk about and some really cool photos, I would do something to raise money for the Alberta Cancer Foundation. And so I came up with a name. It's called the Confront Cancer Ocean Row. And uh, so here I am. I'm 41 days in, and we're trying to raise uh, money for uh, the Alberta Cancer Foundation. And where will that money go, Lavelle? It goes directly to the Tom Baker Cancer Center or clinical trials. So I chose those two destinations, if you want to call it, for the money. So uh, uh, I live in Calgary, and uh, I wanted the money to go into um, into the Southern Alberta cancer um, uh, system, so to speak. So I picked the Tom Baker uh, Center, and I picked the clinical trials to uh, to send the money to. So. If you go to confrontcanceroceanroad.com or myname.com, so lavalsaintry.com, there's a donate button there. You click on that button, that takes you directly to the Alberta Cancer Foundation website, and you can make a donation there. But that's where the money goes. It stays in Alberta, and it's for um, it's for Albertans with cancer. When you think that 43 Albertans every day get the get the uh, hear those words from their doctor that you have cancer, it's, it's pretty sobering and. Um, it certainly uh, sends them off on a journey that's far tougher than the journey that I'm on right now. And you're right, clinical trials, we often hear about that in research studies. And, you know, a drug might be at the clinical trial stage, but we don't put a lot of thought into it. But recognizing that we need these clinical trials in order to eventually find cures for different cancers. So that is great to be so specific. Now you have to tell me, though, about the journey, because... You've been 41 days with just Lavelle, just your thoughts. Do you go a little, I don't want to say stir crazy, but 
how do you prevent yourself from uh, going stir crazy? Well, you know, in, in 2016, you, you, you're pretty connected. I mean, uh, I'm able to send emails through the satellite phone that I'm speaking on right now. I'm able to uh, be interviewed live on Calgary Radio uh, during rush hour for you guys, and uh, it's pretty it's pretty incredible that we have this type of connection. So, my wife Janet keeps me uh, in the loop, and I've got my um, James Redeker, the guy who's running my weather, and um, he's uh, emails me twice a day, sometimes three times a day, and keeps me up to date on the wind and the waves and the forecast. So I'm I'm totally connected. Other than that, I mean, it's pretty spectacular out here. You see a lot of marine wildlife, uh, whales, porpoises, uh, bird life, and uh, and then uh, I've got a podcast and you. Oh, I'm crossing my fingers. Not suffering out here at all. It's um, it, it's uh, I'm fine. Nothing to complain about. Good, Lavelle. You just were starting to break up, but I'm crossing my fingers. We got you back. Now, have you? Has it been smooth sailing or smooth rowing? Have if you're saying Jim's keeping you up to date on the weather and the waves, have you gone through some tough periods in those 41 days where the weather really has been uh, hard on you? Yeah, I have had some uh, some pretty good storms, uh, uh, gales. I mean, the way you measure. Um, uh, wind and waves uh, uh, in the marine environment use what's called the bowl scale, and it goes out to 12, and I've had a force 8-plus gale. So those are big waves, you know, uh, 5 to 7.5 meter high waves, and uh, winds of over 70, 80 kilometers an hour, and um, yeah, you, uh, you have to strap yourself into the cockpit. I literally tie myself to the floor of the cockpit with a, with a uh, with a safety harness and you just ride it out. You make sure that you're oriented in the waves properly and you ride it out. And if um, if the if the wind's in the wrong direction, pushing me the wrong way, I actually deploy what's called a uh, a sea anchor or a pair anchor. It's an underwater parachute. It's uh, I've got it on 112 meters of uh, heavy-duty rope, and I trail that out the front of the boat. It uh, expands in the water, and it slows me down and keeps me right into the waves. So... I've had a couple of very rough rides. Uh, the nights have been rough in the big storms, but um, it's unbelievably tough, and uh, I owe my life to this boat. So, um, yes, I've had some uh, typical North Atlantic weather, I'd say. Lavelle, as I look at the picture of the true blue, I can't really see. I see the cockpit, but when you're in that cockpit, uh, it doesn't appear to be any windows. Are you are you really just stuck in this con- cockpit with all your instruments because it doesn't look like you could see anything from there? Yeah, I've got a very large window that faces directly backwards. I can't see out the front of the boat uh, at all unless I'm up on the deck. And then when I'm on the deck, I can actually stand up and look forward. But, yeah, I can't see anything out the front. Right now, I'm uh, my view is the sun's going down, so it's pretty dark here already. But I'm looking at the uh, deck of the boat. Um, it's flooded pretty good with water because they had some big waves crash over the boat. And I've and it actually adds some stability to have the, bi- the bilge uh, flooded with water. So it, it weighs down the boat, keeps the center of gravity low, and it'll stop me from rolling during the night in case I get some big waves. And I'm looking back at um, where my rowing seat is, and uh, and I'm looking back towards uh, Halifax, I guess. I'm always looking backwards, which is kind of strange. It takes a while to get used to that. And and then it also takes a while to get used to I mean, I'm, the first night at sea was a little unusual. It's sort of locked in hatch, and you go to sleep bobbing around the ocean, but that's become uh, it's fairly normal.
Yeah, and, and that's what I was wondering. I, I now see that one image of the, the back window, but if you're in there and if it's rough seas and I've, I've done, you know, I've been on boats before and it's almost like you, you want to see the horizon or something so that you're not getting nauseous so your, your brain can figure out why you're feeling this way. Have you dealt with nausea? Have you dealt with seasickness? Just the first few days, Angela, I had seasickness. Nothing really... It's um, literally the three days that I was seasick. After that, it's just the same way that, that we can acclimatize when we're climbing in the Himalayas and acclimatize to high altitude. We can acclimatize to this constant um, rolling and pitching and tossing of the boat. I mean, even right now, I'm uh, going up and over about two, two and a half meter high waves, and the boat's banking about 30 or 40 degrees left and right and pitching up and down about uh, 20 degrees up and down and and you get completely used to it. It doesn't bother me at all. But for the first few days I was seasick and then for about the first six or seven, maybe eight days I couldn't read while I was in the boat. I couldn't look at any maps or I'd, I'd start to feel nauseous. But now this is this is 100% normal. Nothing... Uh, no waves bother me now, so it's uh, your body just adapts. It'll be interesting to see how I adapt to walking on the, on uh, on solid ground again, though. Yeah, once you have to have your land legs as opposed to your sea legs. Lavelle, I'm crossing my fingers that I can put you on hold because I've got more questions, especially what are you eating, uh, you know, how you are adapting to, as you say, not walking around and everything else. So I'm going to cross my fingers that we can keep this connection. Lavelle St. Germain is my guest this half hour, and he is currently on this adventure. It's confrontcanceroceanroad.com. Confrontcanceroceanroad.com. All the money that is raised is going to the Alberta Cancer Foundation destined for the Tom Baker Cancer Center and its clinical trials. And I want to hear from you. At 3.30, I'll open the phones, but you can text 770-770. It's the summertime. I want to find out about adventures that you have done or you'd love to do. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Back after this. 974-TALK, 974-8255 will be the number to call at 3.30. Right now, though, text me, 770-770, getting some great texts on different adventures people have planned. Lavelle Saint-Germain is my guest. He is a Calgary-based adventurer, and, of course, his website is confrontcanceroceanroad.com. He's done a lot of adventures in the past. This time, though, he said, I want to do something and have more just than just stories and photos. I want to raise money for the uh, Tom Baker Cancer Center. And Lavelle, I, I did have someone text and say, I mean, this is risky. Why am I even encouraging people to do something like this? But you have gone to great lengths to ensure your safety, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's something I get all the time. You can imagine uh, with, with my hobbies that I get those comments all the time, but I'm very deliberate at what I do, and I'm, I'm very well prepared. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes, which you've probably seen in, the, in media about me in the past, has been a famous Abraham Lincoln quote that if you gave, gave him six hours to cut down a tree, he'd spend four sharpening the axe, meaning that you have to be prepared. And, I, and I've, I haven't taken any shortcuts in this at all. I don't, I don't go out here strictly for the thrill, and I don't go out here to uh, not come home again. I've got... Um, I've got a great family at home that I want to see, and, and they're the ones that really keep me alive when things get uh, when things get rough. So, yes, I I I, I do um, at first blush probably live a high risk um, 
um, lifestyle when it comes to my sports. But here's the way that I think about it is that if I, at age 47, which I am, were to um, not look after myself and uh, let myself go and have a heart attack at 47, it would just be, well, that's very unfortunate. How sad, 47, that's too young. But if I were to, to um, God forbid, die on one of my expeditions, either you know climbing or doing an ocean roll like this, I'd be labeled as being irresponsible. But I wouldn't be labeled as being irresponsible if I just let myself go physically. So... It's sort of a it's sort of a double-edged sword when people make these comments about high risk or or uh, living an adventurous life, and I don't really buy it. Yeah, this is great. I've got so many texts coming in, and I know I've got to say goodbye to you in another minute. Uh, Lavelle, are you really bored out there in the ocean? Can you hang around a little longer? No, I've got nothing. I've got nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's here's one question. Here's one question before we take a break for news then. Uh, one person says, we're driving home to Edmonton from Lake Louise. My nine-year-old daughter, Isabella, has a pressing question. Where do you go to the bathroom? That is a question that all the kids ask. <laughs> and when I climb Mount Everest, they all ask that as well. And Everest, the answer was quickly is how you go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then on this little ocean rowing boat, I'm looking at my bathroom right now. It's a five-gallon bucket, and it's a blue plastic bucket. And I've got it tied up to the uh, deck, and it's just sitting about a meter and a half from me right now outside. So you go in the bucket, and the bucket goes overboard. Simple <laughs> as that. It's pretty simple. It's pretty pretty quick. Lavelle, hold on here because I've got more questions and people, another one I want to find out about, seeing how you've been out there for 41 days, have you been playing Pokemon Go? You probably didn't even hear about Pokemon Go before you left, but you've probably stayed in touch with this crazy craze. I have heard about it now. I had no idea what was going on uh, until a friend, uh, Kirk Bailey in Calgary, updated me and told me about it. He said that people are wandering around 17th Avenue looking like, looking like uh, zombies <laughs> playing this game. So I have no idea what it's about, but it, it sounds dangerous. Well, if there is a Pikachu out there in the Atlantic Ocean, you've got to catch it. Hold on here, Lavelle. Lavelle St. Germain is my guest. He is a Calgary-based adventurer. If you've got questions for him, uh, we're going to hold him over for a little bit longer because there's a few more that I definitely want to ask him about. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. Also want to hear your adventures. Text me, 770-770. We're back after this. Let me see if Lavelle St. Germain is still there. Hello, Lavelle. I'm still here, Angela. Oh, my gosh. And wait a second. Now that I realize it, this is a satellite phone. Do they charge you by the minute? Um, well, no, they're going to be charging you by the minute. So I think it's only about 7 bucks a minute. So you'll <laughs> right. be fine. Good. We called you. Thank you. Lavelle, uh, let's see. If, for people <laughs> just joining us, Lavelle is... Well, he's on an Atlantic Ocean adventure. I, I would say that he is rowing across, but he said that he's got had great assistance from the wind, the west wind, but he does have that opportunity to row. And if you go on his website, and it is confrontcanceroceanrow.com, you'll, you'll have a better idea of what I'm talking about. There's lots of images. Kind of picture your dad's slipper and it's the slipper part the foot part is the cockpit and then the flat part is where Lavelle is able to row he is rowing facing backwards it all it all makes sense no wait a second maybe you're rowing anyway check check out the images Lavelle I got a lot of questions here from uh, listeners so I want to make sure I've got this uh, does he have encounters with sea life shark whales seals etc I know you saw a lot of those things but have you had any encounters with them 
Yeah, I've had, uh, that's a good question. I've had two close encounters with whales, uh, lots of porpoises and dolphins that are very close to the boat, and they're actually putting on a show. They're quite playful. But I had um, a pod of whales uh, in the middle of the night surround the boat and um, very close to the boat. I was on sea anchor, meaning that long, uh, that underwater parachute I told you about. And uh, they put on uh, quite a racket all around the boat, hitting the uh, water with their flukes, blowing air out of their blowholes. And I was actually quite nervous. I wasn't nervous about them, um, you know, doing anything to the boat. All they could easily break off the rudder. I was nervous they were going to get tangled in my sea anchor. They didn't do that, which was good. And then uh, a few weeks after that, I was rowing one morning, and a uh, whale surfaced literally two meters off my right-hand side, which is the boat's left-hand side because I'm facing backwards. Mm -hmm. And... uh, this big grapefruit-sized eye looked at me for a second, and then it uh, the whale uh, dove went under the bow of the boat, the front of the boat, came up and hit its tail on the boat as it dove down. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. I actually got that part on uh, video, so I have a video of that. And um, I'm happy I haven't had a whale strike the rudder, so that'll be the end of the trip. Yeah. So, um other than that, just porpoises, dolphins, uh, whales uh, for, uh, for you know, real entertainment. But, um, yeah, the whales are pretty incredible. I saw some yesterday as well um, behind the boat, but uh, no real close calls. Like, you can reach out and touch them for a few weeks now. I'm glad you said about videoing, uh, because are you filming? Someone asks, are you filming this for further release on TV? Uh, yeah, I'm filming everything that I can. Um I've I've got lots of footage. When I was out rowing today, I set up uh, a couple of cameras in different locations. Every day, uh, I, I row every day unless there's a big storm. So uh, when I'm out on the deck uh, rowing, I, I hook up the camera. I've had it, uh, cameras hooked up to the, the oars even and under the boat and all kinds of stuff. So I've got lots of good footage. One thing I just want to touch on is the nine-year-old girl uh, driving down the highway was asking about where I go to the washroom. And I just want to to make sure people know that um, that's just human waste going into the water. The the toilet paper dissolves within probably minutes, but um, no garbage has gone in. Not one single bit of plastic or anything that's not biodegradable has gone on, into the ocean on this trip. I bag it all up, and I have a large uh, waterproof storage locker in the middle of the boat that it goes into. And it's about... Uh, Probably about 60, 70% full right now, but I still have lots of room, so I'm, I'm bound and determined not to uh, to leave any impact whatsoever. And on that note, I've only seen about four bits of garbage out in the ocean. I saw one sort of like a four-liter uh, milk jug, it looked like. Could have been a bleach bottle. Mm-hmm. I've seen something that looked like a diaper, and I've seen a, a complete tree, actually, hundreds and hundreds of... Uh, of uh, maybe a thousand kilometers from land, I saw a complete tree floating by. Wow. But uh, very little garbage, which I'm happy to see. Someone asks, how do you avoid near misses with large ships after dark? As we speak, funny enough, as we speak, I'm looking at a large ship passing me right now. So I've got this thing called an automatic information system. And the ship I'm looking at right now appears on my, um, on what we call a chart plotter. Uh, I'm an airline pilot, so I'd call this my, you know, my FMS, or for people who drive, it'd be like your GPS screen. Mm-hmm. So it's about the size of an iPad, this screen, and and through my radio, I can see this boat. So I can see that the name of it, this one here is called the Prometheus Leader, and it's um, it's a big uh, freighter. It's uh, 623 feet long. It's doing 14.9 knots and it's going to pass 5.31 nautical miles away from me. So 
I've got this thing programmed so that if a boat gets within 12 minutes of being within two nautical miles of me, everything out in the ocean is done in nautical miles. If it gets within 12 minutes of being within 12 or two nautical miles of me, it sets off an alarm in the cockpit. And it wakes me up, and then I get on the radio, and I um, and I'll call up the ship to make sure that they don't uh, run over me. So wow. I, I also, because I'm such a old boat, I also have what's called a um, a radar enhancer, and what this does is it makes my boat look like a big boat on the ocean, so that other boats can see me. And so far, I um, I've been talking to uh, all the boats that pass less than five nautical miles away. I can speak to them on the radio. So that's pretty cool. Someone else says, "What about fresh water? How are you getting fresh water?" Yeah, that's another good question. I have a water maker. Or, um, it's uh, it, it's a desalinator, so it uses reverse osmosis, and that's just a fancy way of saying that it takes uh, seawater, pumps it at high pressure through a really fine uh, filter, and when it, the other side of that filter, fresh water comes out. So it's about a 10 to 1 ratio, meaning that if I... Um, uh, um, 50 liters of water through that thing, I'll get 5 liters of uh, fresh water. So it's slow, but I can fill up a, a 1 liter bottle in probably about uh, 15 minutes, and it makes really good water. Yeah, I've had some problems with, the, with it at the beginning of the trip, but uh, it's working fine uh, now. I mean, it takes some a little bit of TLC to get it working right, but yeah, I, I use uh, a desalinator. It's quite, a, quite an interesting piece of equipment, and it's it prevents me from having to carry any water. I always keep a 12-liter emergency uh, jerry can full of water, but other than that, I make my own water. Lavelle, you, you talked about being a pilot, so you do have a real job outside of being an adventurer. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm a 737 captain with an airline out of Calgary and Edmonton called Canadian North, so uh, I fly planes for a living. Do you have a hard time getting life insurance? Someone says, my son was an ice climber and rock climber and was denied renewing his life insurance. Um, uh, not really. I mean, I've got life insurance, obviously, through work, and then uh, that doesn't apply now because I'm on a leave of absence. But, um, yeah, a trip like this is tough to get life insurance, but I've got uh, one of my sponsors provided me with um, with insurance, and um, so I'm lucky to be sponsored by um, a large French insurance company, that MSH um, International Canada, which sponsors uh, expats working all over the world. So I do have insurance, but, yeah, it is difficult to uh, get insurance. Um, I know that uh, some of the trips I do, they would just laugh if I tried to get insurance. So I've got insurance on the boat, and I've got insurance for rescue and that type of stuff. But Will you be safe? And the last text I'm going to read is, Love hearing Lavelle live. Nice to hear his voice. Tell him his family and friends wish him well. And that's from Christina. Oh, fantastic. That's, that's really nice to hear. And uh, thanks for calling. I mean... You calling uh, really gets the word out in Alberta that um, that this trip is about uh, cancer patients in Alberta. They're on a far tougher journey than I'll ever be on. And, you know, I've mentioned this before, um, but imagine being given that diagnosis of cancer. It'd be like being shoved off the dock in Halifax in a boat and not being prepared for the storms or the seasickness or all the trials and tribulations that you're going to go through as a cancer patient. So what I'm doing is... Uh, pretty minor compared to that but it might shine a light on cancer in alberta and raise some money so that's what we're hoping for so thanks to you for um for having me on the program lavelle be safe and hopefully we can talk to you when it's all over when you reach france 
Thanks very much, Angela. You take care. Say hi to everybody in Calgary for me. Okay, Lavelle St. Germain, he uh, joined us this past hour. And now I want to hear from you. 974-TALK, 974-8255, text 770-770, because I want to know an adventure that you've been on that maybe you're planning or you wish you could do. I, I, I know some people are texting and saying, he, what a foolish thing to do. He's putting his life at risk and on and on. But he had a great story of saying, well, so what if I did everything right and at 47 he dies? Uh, here, if he's at, his, at 47, he'll have done all these things and he won't have left anything that he didn't have a chance to do. So it's a different way of looking at it. We all have different ways of looking at our own lives. Let's take a break here. I'm Angela Cocott. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 77. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.